Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Shane Stack, sending in for but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. It is the day after Christmas, which is still very much in the window of Christmas. In fact, some some countries today is Boxing Day, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit later. It's uh, it's not they they don't climb into the ring and and beat on each other. It it's it's kind of a a day for charity for the poor and other things, and then it uh, it's a it's a national holiday in a lot of countries. It was in England when I lived there. Uh, and I think it's kind of turned into their Black Friday, like there's a lot of sales and stuff. But anyway, moving right along after Zach dropped the bombshell on me that he's got a girlfriend right before break, so I couldn't, very clever, so I couldn't couldn't go too, go too deep on that. We've got Doug Tin Naple on the line, who's definitely one of my favorite people to talk to, and he's he's a big booster of, of Salem radio station. So we, we love that. Doug, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick show. How to do Shane? How to do Zach's got a girlfriend. Zach has a girlfriend. And then he, he's, has he just he, dropped uh, it on has me. He kissed her? Has he kissed her? I, I'm not even going there, but you can go there if you want. Zach I is, Zach is a half of the, of the Salem audience. If he kissed her That's Z- what I want to know. Zach is a manly man, but he's also a, a very good pure man. So I don't know. I don't know what he's done. He's a stoic. Yeah, he's stoic. That's right. He courts. He will court her. Mark my words. He's a good man. She's a lucky woman. It's almost happy new year. Happy boxing day. I'm also happy uh, that we, that we do support the celebration of fighters around the world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For all of you, they put on what happens on boxing day is they put on festive trunks and they wear a Santa hat. And they climb into the ring and they air out their grievances. Yeah, giant, giant silk, those giant yeah. silk boxing shorts. How, how, how was Christmas? It was great. Had a very nice Christmas. We uh, Christmased three days in a row in multiple locations with family. So I had a Christmas coma last night. I passed out very early yeah. for me, about 9 o'clock, and I slept 12 hours. And so and the rest of the family did too. We were out. Because we ran hard for like three days, and it was very yeah, nice. I'm a big no carb. I'm a big no carb guy. So I had way too many carbs on Christmas Day, and I comb it out in the afternoon. <laughs> I was going to lay down for a small nap, and I was out for four hours. Wow. I had a little whiskey in me too. But, yeah, uh, my just a smidge. Yeah. Well, all right. A well, Mary, bit of celebration. Well, how did you know? How did uh, I got to ask you? Because a lot of people. Let me reintroduce you for people who may not be familiar with you doug doug is uh a creative guy he created uh earthworm gym which has of course been a very a video game and a in a in a cartoon it's it's become a franchise of its own it's uh there's now he has recently delivered an amazing comic book that is more like a uh beautiful coffee table graphic novel um and and then he's also he does bigfoot bill which hopefully we'll get an update here in a moment and then Doug also is a very creative guy that that mixes in uh uh kind of Hollywood circles and TV circles and and but he's sure. he's unusual and that he's 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 unapologetically conservative while doing so which is very very nice he's been the uh I believe Emmy nominated producer of the VeggieTales right. that was on uh, Netflix Emmy nominated for VeggieTales uh-huh. uh I also worked on the Earthworm Jim animated cartoon which actually created that and uh, and yeah, hardcore conservative Christian. 
yeah. like to the right of almost everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And more uh, exclusivity of Christ and, uh, you know, the Bibles without error than almost anybody I know. Yeah, I, 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 I love that. So it's you are a uh, you are a unicorn. Uh, but in a good way, you're 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 a, you're an impossible creature. But I'm glad that you exist. So uh, just and, like and I, and I think God has me out here for a purpose. Like uh, I, I'm really attracted to uh, dark uh, artists. You know, like the sad, hyper creative, crazy goths and Wiccans and stuff like that. Those are my people that I really I, I like being with. You them. hang out with that's them. Where I'm supposed to be. I like hanging out with them, and I like. Sharing the gospel, but just I, I like just loving them. It's like yeah. being with them. I like loving them. Yeah, I could dig that, man. I'm I'm you know, I spend a lot of time in pretty heavy geek circles. And yeah. a lot of the geek circles are, you know, they're they're like, no, you know, because they they a lot of geeky people are uh have high IQs, in my opinion, yeah. in my experience. And high IQ people can can have, you know, they're like, No, that doesn't make any sense. I that's that I just don't believe that, you know. So when you can, you know, when well, you being outsiders, they're also naturally uh, rebellious, right? And that uh, is right, lo- loners and stuff like that. So, right, I just think those people need some uh, to hear the, a good message and the light. And I can go toe to toe with any of them on the arts and writing and all that. When right, it comes to talking about that. No, I dig it, man. When the that's one of the things I like about my geekdom is it's it, it bridges, you know multiple people that that geek geekdom is kind of a place where a lot of people that normally wouldn't hang out hang out because they have shared right. loves of like, things so, yeah. like dave elswick and i being bound by godzilla there you go of godzilla. the godzilla my son got a godzilla versus uh king Ghidorah toy for christmas and he was pretty pretty happy with that oh yeah he it's wanted stock well i tell you i told him I, and this is true. You remember the the Shogun Warriors Godzilla from like the seventies? Yeah. Okay, I had one of those when you I was a kid. Pull the trigger on the back of the head, and the little plastic tongue comes. The out. tongue would come out, and because it was Shogun Warriors, Godzilla inexplicably would also shoot his fist off. So that's right. That is a Shogun Warrior thing. That they had that you push the button, and they would shoot them shoot off the fist. So I had one of those as a kid, and I literally, like my grandmother's told me this, my mom's told me this. I slept with it like it was a teddy bear. Because one time my grandmother came in and was like going to check on me or something. And she like put her hands yeah. in the covers and she hit that cold, like what? The, and it kind of scared her. And, and I'm, I was just cuddled up with Godzilla. So I told my son that story because he's kind of getting into Godzilla. And yeah. he was like, well, I want to. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can find a big Godzilla like that anymore, son. I, I don't know what I can do. I mean, I'm sure I can go to eBay or whatever and find one. Yeah. But. Well, I got him, you know, there's still those little uh, Godzilla toys in the stores because of the movie came out. So he got, yeah. he got, he got, he got Ghidorah versus, versus Godzilla. So, um, uh, it, a fine yeah, Merry Christmas. That is a fine mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Stomp down the new allegorical symbol of the Antichrist with your Godzilla. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good guy, bad guy. Good guy, bad guy. Very yeah. good. Uh, yeah. I love it. So, this movie in Rise of Skywalker is out. Is there some resurrection action in that one too? Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I don't want to. Dave is asked not to go uh, into specifics on Rise of Skywalker yet, but I know here in a 
in a few weeks he wants to. So if you want to talk Rise of Skywalker, I'll definitely tell him that you'd like to be a part of that. Yeah, uh, I like to blow the things up. Yeah, there was some really there was a lot of redemption in Rise of Skywalker, and they did a lot of stuff on a scale I've never seen. I enjoyed it. I went to the movie. You know, everyone's like making this big rare thing about Star Wars. I went to the movie. I wanted to see space opera and space ant fantasy on an epic scale, and you know what? I did, and I had fun. Yeah, you know that, that's my opinion too. It's kind of a, it's a solid solid B minus. I'd say I you know guild Star Wars blowing you away. That's not going to happen to me again. Right, in my lifetime with the original trilogy hanging out there, but it did a really good job of ending that story. Well, I think Dave cool gave it a B. And I, I agreed with that. So anyway, yeah. so real quick, and then we'll get to a break and we come back. Maybe we can talk a little bit about Chesterton. But sure. what can what did Earthworm Jim and Bigfoot Bill get up to over the holidays? They did, uh, well, the book, we delivered the Earthworm Jim hardbound book. And get it, we got a huge response of everyone digging uh, that. We put a lot of money in the production value on that thing. And then... They said, well, too, I'm starting inking that book. I'm about 70 pages into a 160-page book. We're going to open that campaign up uh, in in February. So, you know, just, it's pretty unheard of to be a conservative Christian, an outspoken one, and be able to make a decent, make some decent income on comic books. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm a unicorn in that sense, too. And <laughs> independently, this is the way forward for a lot of Christians. Right. Yeah. And Indiegogo and Kickstarter and all those things are you can connect directly with your fans and whatever bias, whether it's good or bad, that may exist in the middlemen, you can just go around. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, you you take more risk, but you also reap the rewards. So there you go. I got to worry about getting fired. Yeah. So when is uh, where whenabouts is your Bigfoot Bill 2 uh, campaign going to launch? We're aiming for the end of February, probably February 24th is when I'll open that thing up and okay. start raising the money for the book. But by then, I should be well over halfway through uh, the actual production of the artwork. Okay. Well, you've got, I mean, the, you know, I got my Earthworm Gym delivered. That cow box is great. You generated a lot of buzz on social media with that cow box. It's a big white box with artwork on it. And then inside of it is the, is the Earthworm Gym book, which is quite substantial. So you did you did a great job with it. This is the most positive response I've ever gotten in entertainment in thirty years. That's fantastic. And just positive responses. It's been amazing. Yeah, that's fair. I, I got to admit, I mean, I, I you know, it, it's almost a uh, almost a trope question to say how is it that that character has endured all these years, you know? But and I got to say, I like Earthworm Jim. I think it's a cool character, yeah. but I am surprised that. That that it's endured all these all these years to this point. It's like it's almost getting, except for the TV show, which you know that's just a huge visibility. Yeah. It's it's almost bigger than it's ever been. As far yeah, as just uh, the, 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 it's the kids. It's, these guys were kids in the nineties when it came out, and now they have disposable income and family. Right, they love that nostalgic peak, nostalgic age. If they were a little bit older, it might be waning off. And if they were a little bit younger, they wouldn't have heard of it by now. So right. it's a weird kind of cultural thing about things that were big in the 90s, kind of like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. Well, you speaking of Ninja Turtles and whatnot, you know you're big when the when the bootleg toys come along. And Earthworm Tim has got to be out there somewhere. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you there's them. an Earthworm Tim out there somewhere. 
Yeah, well, yeah, we'll be showing call the legal team and <laughs> find it. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, the bootleg toast. We're going to get to a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Doug Tenaple. In, in addition to all the other accomplishments, uh, he is a, a uh, aficionado, a scholar of uh, G.K. Chesterton. So I've, he's yeah. been kind of uh, being my Mr. Miyagi. I, I'll text him and say, what, what book do I need to read next? And and I've always been a, a, a C.K. Uh, or C.K. Yeah, not G.K. C.K. Lewis fan. Clive C.S. Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Staples. Clive Staples. Knew. How many initials? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, they're, it's the initials. They're not the inklings. They're they're the initialings. So yeah. um, anyway, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about when we come back from the break and the time we have left, maybe uh, G.K. Chesterton and if, if Doug's aware of any perspective he had on Christmas and, and that sort of thing. So we'll be right back on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Shane Stack, setting in for, but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. And uh, we've got a great show today. And, and what we're doing right now, later we'll be talking about not, not the impeachment itself, but what actually is impeachment, how does it work, you know, understand these things. And talk about some stuff the Arkansas government's doing, governor is doing with his refugee plan. We'll have fun with uh, Tim Lim and Mark Pellegrini later in the show to wrap up. But right now we're talking with Doug Tennaple, who is the magic unicorn that is a very successful person in the creative industry who also happens to be staunchly conservative and staunchly fundamentally Christian. So another thing he is, is he's a, uh, he's a student and a, and a scholar of G.K. Chesterton, who's one of the most powerful Christian thinkers of the 20th century. And I like to kind of think of him as C.S. Lewis, but crunchier. So uh, that's kind of how I like yeah, to think and, of it. And an and a, a anchor, you know, the real anchor and, and start of C.S. Lewis's uh, progression into Christianity. Uh, he was inspired by Chesterton's work, uh, The Everlasting Man, kind of like how I'm the anchor of Tim Lim and Mark Pellegrini, who will come later in the show. Yeah. And if you just want to geek out, you're welcome to call back in. They're coming on uh, five to six. Originally, we weren't going to do a geek day today. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine who likes to come on and talk politics, he had a surprise grandbaby today. So I, oh, I wow. yeah, I called, um, I called Mark and said, "Hey, you want to come on?" And he's he's always game for it. So it's kind of a surprise. Yeah, I love those guys. Yeah. Hey, and uh, I'll, I'll let them take care of the show because I'm I'm inking a page. I have to get back to work. But yeah, you you mentioned Chesterton and Christmas. And I've right. got a great Chesterton quote on the subject. He, uh, he wrote, remember, 11,000 articles. This guy has a quote on everything. Look up G.K. Chesterton quotes to your audience if you want to read some great Christian thinking and whimsy. So here's what he said. Anyone thinking of the holy child as born in December would mean it by exactly what we mean by it, that Christ is not merely a summer sun of the prosperous, but a winter fire for the unfortunate. Man, he's got such Just, a way of uh, yeah, he's deep. It just it cuts both ways, and uh, so full of content. I'm in a, I'm in a Chesterton reading group with a, uh, about four guys. Two are pastors, one, you know, and one's uh, one's a nurse, and we read Chesterton out loud uh, on Saturdays at a coffee house here in Franklin. We get together and we're reading Everlasting Man, which is like a phone book. Don't don't let that be your first Chesterton book if you're going to read something. Right. Get into orthodoxy or 
Right. Probably Chesterton's orthodoxy, but we're reading Everlasting Man, and this is the thing that really turned C.S. Lewis from atheism, some of the arguments in it, um, really, really cut him deep, and he loved Chesterton, not only because he was brilliant, but because he was so funny and mm-hmm. so well thought out and so entertaining. I think it was very seductive for C.S. Lewis. Well, that's what attracted me to uh, G.K. Chesterton before I came to appreciate the depth of his uh, belief and his ability to express just amazing theology in a, in a very witty but powerful way was his wit, like in debates or, you know, like when he, I, I still, I, I love when he, he, he ended up at the wrong place and he, he telegrammed his wife and said, you know, he's basically sent her a text and said, here's where I'm at. Where am I supposed to be? You know, and where was it? Yeah, he, yeah. he lost. He didn't know where he was. <laughs> yeah. He would always take the wrong train. And yeah. Kind of an airhead on day to day life, but no one could fight his way. He was best friends with uh, atheist socialist George Bernard Shaw, mm-hmm. uh, and they would go on debate tours together. And uh, he could just go toe to toe with mm-hmm. them all. If you ever read their debates, these are like the Lincoln Douglas debates, where like they were, uh, you know, an hour and twenty minutes long of amazing content, right. and not just a bunch of insults, but the, some of the most brilliant writing. And and uh, we need more of that. Have. We need people to be able yeah. to discourse with humor and love, and not just try to burn each other down. We need that so bad. Yes. Yeah, that's right. The tiny clips and tiny memes and a- applying one standard to the other side and different one for yourself. Those are things that we have to get beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's I mean, this tearing each other down is it's just it doesn't win. All it does is is make you feel better and score points with your peer group or whatever. And and, you know, one of the things that I've been watching over the past couple of years, I'd say the past five or six years late, actually, if not before then, you know, I, obviously I have political people and political sides and political arguments yeah. that I would like to see prevail. But a yeah. deeper, a deeper issue is people are willing to sink the boat and let everything just be destroyed as long as their side wins. And th- right. th- there's sort of, I see it as like there's a seam in between America that's being pulled apart. And I'm more worried about that than I am any one political situation, even though I'm a political oh, guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm far more terrified of what's happening even to the family than I am of what's right. happening to politics. And politics, we take it very seriously, right? Like, right. Absolutely dismantle liberalism, but I can't, I can't get to that by dismantling another person, a fellow American. Right. Because we have to keep it about the argument and, and, Again, I don't. I don't know the way out of it. I only know that it can't be by escalating this fight. We can't keep escalating or something in the wrongs. So we have to appeal to each other somehow. Yeah, well, to, we have to uh, treat each- about the argument and still love each other. We have to treat each other as human beings that we disagree with. That's all. I disagree yeah. with you. That doesn't mean that you're Hitler. You know, That's right. everybody I disagree with is Hitler. No, you're not. I mean, I, I you know, you gain a lot from. You can gain a lot from the wisdom of Lincoln, who had probably the most difficult presidency ever, is that he oversaw a war where Americans were at war with mm-hmm. each other. And he is magnanimous to, the, to his opposition. And uh, even after uh, the North won the Civil War, he said, you know, let them up easy, boys. He, he wanted us to, to find 
the enemies and find a way for them to get back into America instead of just endlessly uh, destroying them when they were down. We were, he was always looking for unity. There was something, there's something, there's a, a image of God in the other person that is worth protecting, and there is a country that is worth protecting, even when we believe that half of us are getting it wrong. Right, right. And we all have our own blind spots. This yeah. right side of history thing, you don't know till till you can look back. We yeah. all have our yeah. blind spots, you know, and there's got there's a lack of love. But anyway, there's a couple other Chester. We're about to have to go. Zach's playing the music. Uh, Doug, I always love having you on. You know, you've got an open invite uh, to my show. Anytime, and I, anywhere, my brother. I will, Happy New Year to you, and thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, you. man. Folks, don't forget about Earthworm Jim and upcoming Bigfoot Bill. I wanted to throw another uh, Chesterton quote out there. The great majority of people will go on observing forms that cannot be explained. They will keep Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions. They will continue to do it and someday suddenly wake up and discover why. It's G.K. Chesterton from Chesterton from On Christmas. All right, I got about 30 seconds. Uh, Doug, thanks again for coming on. Oh, here's another one. Christmas is built upon a beautiful and intentional paradox that the birth of the homeless should be celebrated. In every home. In every home. Yeah. yeah. That's strong that's, stuff. That is, uh, he is, he is so in the paradise. All right, we got five seconds. A real defining moment. Yeah, he's the All man. Right, God bless you. Doug, we love you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Folks, that's coming up next on Dave Ellswick's show is, we're cut off. <laughs>